You are listening to a no-show radio production. Mind your ears while we unpack the unusual. Okay, here we go. Welcome to Soul Searching. A through the breach actual play talk show set in the world of Malifaux, except not today. We're we're in Thavis. 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 We're in Thavis. Thavis. Thank you. Uh, we're in Thavis because we're talking about world's largest dungeon today. Yeah. That's exciting. Today I am joined by. Oh, I'm Alex, and I'm looking at my phone. So that way you all know, I am on our Discord, awaiting any questions you may have. So if you want a live question, here's a time. But yeah, I'm Alex. I usually run the show. Usually. Yay! And I'm Mariam, and I'm new. Yeah! (laughs) (laughs) And I'm Falcon, and I'm gonna be driving this sin wagon today. Ooh, sin wagon. I am all about that. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. So, World's Largest Dungeon episodes. Um, I have some questions about World's Largest Dungeon for Alex, specifically. Oh, let's get into it. Do I need my book? Because I am part Virgo. I think Virgo is my rising sign. So I am an overplanner, uh-huh. and I wrote out questions. <laughs> um, so, Alex, talk to us about World's Largest Dungeon. Who made it? How'd you find it? Why'd you choose it for our... Episodes. I should grab my book. That's what I should do. Um, I believe it was published by AEG Games, and it was made during 3.5 edition of D&D. Um, and they were like, it, literally the, the, the intro of it said, you thought that we couldn't put one kind of monster in a dungeon, of every kind of monster in a dungeon. Challenge accepted, nerds. And like, they're very casual about it. And just like, we did it. We wanted to. We were bored. So we did it. And they kind of came up with wow. the story afterwards a little bit. There, There's, let's see, regions. The region we scratch at is region A, but it goes all the way through region uh, O. I keep on calling it zero. No, it's region O. And uh, the idea is that we are adventurers wandering through this prison that is now kind of accessible. People can come in, but they can't leave unless they find a very certain exit. There's like two or three in the map entirely. So it's... Hotel California? Oh yeah, 100%. This mm-hmm. is Hotel California, but D&D. That's a great, great reference. <laughs> and and um, yeah, so the game, I, I just really enjoyed the intro reading it because it was a bunch of dude bros being like, yeah, we said we couldn't, so we did. There's some differential, like when they say one of every kind of monster, they're not talking about like, they're just going to put in one dragon. They're not going to put in a black dragon, a gold dragon, a red dragon. It's just one dragon covers it. So when you guys are encountering monsters, that's the only time you'll see it in the dungeon. There's like a few that are more low levels that you'll see maybe reoccurring within the, the, the dungeon itself, but every room is going to have its own monster. So it's very munchkin-esque where you're kicking down the door. And, oh, hey, look, a monster. Um, as far as how I found it, for those who are unaware, I come from a family of nerds, and my dad was playing D&D for a very long time. In fact, my parents ended up playing D&D before they got married as, like, one of their date nights. And it's so That's cute. so cute. I, um, what is it? My mom plays a 
elven ranger. My dad plays, a, I think it's a human, a human bard. And my OC is a half-elf rogue. So it just, it, it all meshes really well together in its own weird way. But uh, so when you become an adult, weirdly enough, and when people start having kids, it's a lot harder to start playing games. My dad found a way to involve me at the table, which was really cool. That's why I'm here today. But not everyone can do that. And jobs get more complicated, etc. My dad wasn't playing D&D as much. And then about the time, maybe his first or second deployment, I was expressing interest in it. I was expressing interest in DMing. He's like, here, let me gift you. <laughs> gift you the kingdom. So almost every book I own that is older than 5th edition has come from dad. That's dope. And one of those things was World Starts Dungeon, which I really need to find this book. Uh, because I feel like for our visual component here, mm -hmm. I'll, that it is... I'll, I'll be back! Don't worry about it. I'll be back. Okay. <laughs> this is Alex's um, going to find things music. Yep. It is a very cute, weepy tune. Okay. For our visual component, come to our Patreon. Um, this is the book. The book itself. Ba -ba! Holy is, crap. Is, is a chunk, chunk. It's a textbook. And... I've lost the map and or it's in a gaming box I left with my parents when I moved. One or the other. And uh, you can find the PDF version of the book, of the chapters. Please buy it, though, if you can. Buy it. It's a wonderful, wonderful, goofy thing. Each region has its own storyline to it, too. I mean, they all kind of interlock, but what you guys are trying to find in region A, what ultimately is, is that there's a, a rat, a were-rat, who is wandering around playing king. Oh, so I think I answered that fully, I think. Okay. How come you chose it for our episodes? Oh, that is a good question. Because uh, I hadn't played it yet. <laughs> the, the nice thing about having all these different weird random campaigns for my dad is like, I want to play that. And now I have a group. And there was there was gentle talk of like, here's some options. This was an option. I also considered running us through the very first campaign, or at least the first like inch of that campaign that I wrote which was would have involved a haunted house of course of course it would <gasps> obviously. obviously and there's like a few other elements to it too where you could have run through a maze of illicit substances trying to get to a trickster god and kind of cruising through that little little campaign I did and I think there's a third option too but now I don't remember it either way I know I wanted to do something D&D related because we had the ritual cast coming on board about the same time what was nice is that we were just able to double dip, help promote them a little bit. So, hey, if you like this so far and you haven't listened to the Ritual Cast, you should, because the world of Thavis is Grayson's creation, and it's a whole thing. Go go check it out. Um, and so I figured, okay, we're just doing a few episodes. Fifth edition is super easy to teach. Let's do it. Let's roll out. So, yeah, I think you guys just said that sounded cool. It was indifferent. I was like, all right, we'll do the big book then. Nice. That's exciting. Uh, it was super fun. I really liked the concept of it just being like an endless dungeon where you could fight almost any, actually everything that has ever been as of 3.5. And I like the fact that even though this is a basically kick the door down dungeon crawler at it's like at sort of the D&D &D essence, mm -hmm. we all chose to spend a lot of time not doing that. <laughs> I, 
and sort of role-playing, but also just kind of figuring each other out, both as characters as well as players. It was a, a, a soft request I made for all y'all to use this time to role-play. Like, we could do the Munchkin style of min-maxing, going as far as we could, or we could have fun. <laughs> Sounds bad. Like, I don't really like combat, so I'm like, or we could just role-play and get to know each other, and it subbed in as our session zero for our season two, in a way. Okay, back the bus up for a minute. What does min-maxing mean? I am a D&D noob still. I have no idea what that term means. Miriam, do you want to cover it or do you want me to? Uh, Please explain to me. Sure, I'll, I'll take a stab at it. Uh, so min-maxing is, uh, well, it's one of those, I don't know which came first. I think the answer is a little more obvious than I think it is. But um, Munchkin the game, I think, came after Munchkining the behavior, if I if I remember correctly. So what Munchkins do is when uh, they make a character for Dungeons & Dragons, they min-max. So they minimize their flaws or weaknesses and maximize their strengths or like their really cool powers. Mm. So things like being very beholden to your stats, uh, being uh, tr trying to essentially find out the optimal way to make your character efficient at what they do in a strategy war game sort of a way. So like one of our mutual friends at one point, Brandy, he joined my table and he played a half-elf rogue and like really upped his intelligence, I think, which surprised me. Way, intelligence and charisma, like those were the two things that were super up there. And I was like, that's not usual mm -hmm. for, for half-orcs. And it was like one of the best rogue characters I've ever seen, um, which is, is more not necessarily uh, min-maxing towards the class or anything, uh, but it was just like having fun with it. Where other people I've played with are like, I'm going to be a fighter, so my strength's going to be out the ass, but I don't need to worry about charisma because I'm never going to use it. So I'll put my dump stat, your lowest number, and a thing that you don't need. Okay. That makes more sense. Yeah. Thank you. High five. This has been Explain the Noob Things. <laughs> That's what we're here for. With Falcon. <laughs> so, more questions. I was going to say, real quick, I think Maren was about to say something before you were asking yes. for clarification. Tell me. I forget now. Oh no! <laughs> Sorry! No, don't hold it! Okay. <laughs> okay. So why D&D as opposed to a different gaming system for these Session Zero subs? I know that Pathfinder was bandied about, I think. I could be wrong. Maybe some of... I remember I was talking about Pathfinder at that time. So Pathfinder, Might not have been I have played once and I had a really not great experience with it. In summary, though, for me, when I played it, I was like, if I want to play 3.5, I'm just going to play 3.5. I don't need to buy a whole mm. new system for it. Pathfinder, the moral, the nutshell of Pathfinder was 3.5 came out. It had been forever since there had been a new edition. Fourth edition came out. And Pathfinder usually gets called D&D 3.75. Like, it's a nice in-between of fourth and 3.5. It filled it filled a gap. It did a really good job. I haven't heard much about Pathfinder 2, because once D&D 5th came in, mm. a lot of people were switching back over to D&D. But, okay. um... If Pathfinder was mentioned, it wasn't for me. I, I don't even I don't own a single Pathfinder book. Not to say it's a bad game; it just was never my my bag. And I think in part it was, hey, we're having a D and D show come out. Let's do D and D. It was also a way to take sense. a break from Malifaux for a little bit. I thought that would be fun, even though we we, we yes. do love Malifaux. I thought like, okay, let's just just change it up a little bit because poor Brandy hasn't played enough games. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> Ooh, I do have a question. Uh, I think I kind of remembered what I was going to ask is uh, specifically for Falcon. Um, oh, okay. It's more of a, what made you make your character the way you did? Sure. Um, so I picked a fighter because I have never played D&D. Um, and I wanted something that was going to be kind of baseline easy for me. So I, um, <laughs> I really don't like the thought of having to stop the gameplay to ask questions to be like, I have this magic thing. I don't know how to do it. So if you could please hold my hand for 15 minutes so we figure out how I can do this successfully, that would be great. I would rather just be like, hmm, I have a stick, a pointy thing. I can beat things with it. Excellent. <laughs> Done. Um, I picked a dwarf because I personally really enjoy dwarves. I feel kind of in the dwarven hobbitish area myself as a person, mostly because I'm short and I'm grumpy. Um, and then in terms of her characteristics, like some of it just kind of came from the um, prompts that I got while filling out my character sheet. Um, I think the one prompt that she got was that uh, she was supposed to be violent. Violence is the answer to everything. And I didn't quite get there as well as I could have. But then I decided, and she was like a nature sort of feel. I can't, I'm not looking at my character sheet like I should be. But um, but yeah, so I was like, hmm, how do I interpret this? And mostly how do I make it funny? Most Because my main goal in life is to make people laugh. If I've made people laugh at least a couple of times during a game or a stream, that's a good game for me. Um, so then I was like, excellent. She smokes a lot of that wacky tobacco and she's hanging out and bopping things. These are, these are excellent tropes that I can work with. I think while I was listening to the first or the second episode, it's all kind of blending in together because I totally didn't listen to it last night at 4 a.m. <laughs> it's um, all one episode. <laughs> I think uh, someone had, I think it might have been Bam Bam, uh, who had said, wait, so you're a hippie and you're violent? <laughs> that was Alex, actually. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I, I, uh, I think you did a good job blending it together, where yeah, your, your violence served a purpose, and some of the violence wasn't necessarily, like, a- attacking baddies, right? It was kind of picking on, on BB's character a little bit. Just, like, good friendly ribbing, though. It never felt super mm-hmm. rude. It was like, I mean, it felt like you guys were already close friends and had been through a lot of shit together, which was nice. I have to say, everyone on Friendly the show ribbing. has really good chemistry. Like, really good chemistry with one another. Right? Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little worried going in with a brand new cast, especially being a new player. Um, because I had no experience except for Extra Life with D&D. Um, I didn't know if we were gonna gel really well. I knew nothing about Mike at all. And I had played with you, Miriam, a little bit. And I had had fun with you. Um, and of course, BB was always fun to play with. Um, but as soon as we started playing, all of that just kind of went away because Mike and I were able to gel right away. And then when Miriam jumped in, we were able to gel right away as a group. And it's been awesome. I'm so excited to start. Mulifa. <laughs> Same. Like, I was also so nervous when I joined in for recording uh, World's Largest Dungeon 3 and then I think 4 eventually when that releases. Um, 
And I was sort of like, oh gosh, you know, like, what's it going to be like? I know some of the folks are okay because I've played with them uh, on Extra Life and it was a lot of fun. But then this is like, for realsies, like, we're going to be doing this continuously, not just a one-off where it's like, okay, good or bad. It's like, yeah, we're done. Um <laughs> But somehow, I don't know what happened. I mean, there was that whole chemistry and everything, but like this fun monster just came out of me. <laughs> that, especially the first <laughs> recording. I, oh my goodness. I, so we'll tackle like the last half, three and four, next soul searching that we do. But uh, boy, when we get there, freaking Shadow's a badass. Like, you were rolling really well. <laughs> Oh my god. I mean, a combination of that and plus, like, you know, because when we had had our initial conversation prior to actually recording of, like, this is a, a, you know, kick the door down dungeon crawler thing, I essentially built a character for that purpose. Um, Even though you had warned me that even though it is a dungeon crawling thing, so far they've only done, like, one or two rooms. um, And that, uh, and that you might not even leave the room at all, possibly, <laughs> when we do World's Largest Dungeon from like the start of when you join till when we finish and start preparing for season two. And I was like, sure, but just in case, I'm going to make not a munchkin character, but I'm going to make a somewhat optimized character. So I think I myself was also surprised at like, Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm like doing above ten damage, and like one shotting things. <laughs> and region A is so clearly for levels one through four of three point five. Fifth edition has a bit of a power creep to it. That's just like, oh, you killed it. Okay, all right. Well, there's that monster encounter. Cool. <laughs> and the best part was I was doing that, and I forgot like one or two of extra things which would add extra damage or extra attacks <laughs> and it's like uh you know what never mind it's okay if i don't bring that up <laughs> so tell me about your character Miriam. Um, i know that like, you and i gotta talk about it shadow a little bit but like tell me about them yeah i actually had a question about um tabaxis are those a standard character in the playbook did i miss those or are they in a in a different thing I personally don't know what the history of tabaxis are within D&D lore, uh, but tabaxis are not in the player's handbook, obviously. They are in, I believe, Volos. They were introduced in Volo, which is another supplement book, uh, which is mostly a bestiary, but it also has player's option. So mm-hmm. Volo's Guide to monsters i think it's been a while i don't know the names of usually it's called by the person who quote unquote made the book like xanthar yeah yeah and and it could be something that was introduced in 5e only but it's also possible that it was something that was in a previous edition that people like oh people love playing cat people also skyrim helps um you know (laughs) um but the main reason I wanted to make a tabaxi is because, A, I love cats in case it's... Oh, this way. Because my... No, that way. Yeah. I was just going to say, your kitty doing the big old stretches when you yep. were talking about tabaxis <laughs> was excellent, excellent visual content. Yeah, so I love cats. Um, and because I'm a bit of a hermit, and which helps during this time, um, I am maybe the third cat in the house. 
<laughs> I'm Kat. Um, so, uh, uh, A, I just wanted to play a cat character. And the other thing is that it's very rare for me to get to play A in any sort of like long-term campaign, uh, mm -hmm. as well as uh, any, um, uh, like, any even like one shots like more often than not i'm gming them playing and mm -hmm. i have like this like folders of like random character ideas so anytime someone says hey you want to come uh do this thing play a one shot i'm like all right <laughs> slam digital folder which character should i take out um but I've been wanting to play a tabaxi for a very long time, a cat folk or something. And they're there. Oh, there's another one. You can just see his like snout just behind mm -hmm. the red box. Um, and I wanted to a play a cat and two um, in my home game that my spouse GMs, there was like this one, like a one shot character that came for a little while. It was one of our players, like friends who was in town it's like hey let that person come join our game and, and made exactly this character a tabaxi gloomstalker and i was so fascinated by the mechanics and all these things it's like i want to play this character um so yeah this was the first opportunity to do do so and it was mainly i wanted to play this character and see how the mechanics worked out and see what sort of a the personality came afterwards i think I just wanted to really play this, like, this was a little kind of very mechanics, like, I want to play this character. I get that. That's dope. Uh, so, Brandy, since you are new, if you're unaware, there is this thing that D&D &D produces called Unearthed Arcana that releases once a month-ish? It's at least once a month, but depending on what their tasks or schedule are, it could be once every two months or sometimes, I think at some point last year in january they were like oh we have all these stuff we need to get out before our next book so we're just gonna have one every week it's it's a little flexible but they i don't think i've seen a lot of races but they tended to, to go more into detail of different paths for classes which is nice because oh, okay it's, it's them constantly updating the book and hearing things like oh hey we, we, we've heard this concept let's throw it out there let's play test it and if it goes really well sometimes they'll include it in a new supplement book you still have access to it online for free completely but like Xanthars, which for me, I was a very unhappy camper when I bought Xanthars because it was like, I don't know, I felt like it just included the same stuff that the player's handbook. I felt like about the player's handbook twice with a few tweaks. Well, well, yeah, it kind of is. And um, also, uh, they then remove some of the free content because now it's in the book. Nice. So anything, any unearthed arcana that still remains is anything that didn't make it to the book. Figures. Or future books. Capitalism ruins everything. But. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there's, it's still a really cool resource yeah. to see what they're throwing out, what they're playtesting to see what people like. Uh, and as nice. far as like, monster monster classes, quote unquote, or monster races, I feel like I see a lot more of it now in 5th edition than I did in 3rd. But I also didn't have a very table during my 3rd third edition. Like, I played with my dad, right? And that was always very typical race class combinations. Uh, I didn't really see monsters as a quote-unquote acceptable choice at the table until my undergrad when I joined a different group and like almost everyone was playing a monster of some sort. I'm like, this is weird, but okay, sure. I have to say I'm not terribly fond of the usage of like monster classes. Um, 
like I don't mind saying like animal folk or something because that's like but as because it I think it's more of the connotation and also the fact that I could get into this whole thing about uh colonialism and in gaming and how all of this manifests and D&D and everything but that is the topic of my next TED talk not that I give TED talks but um as a whole um I do like the fact that there are more sort of like non Tolkien races being introduced uh and normalized uh, and also the other thing is because I'm a lot of my experience is from playing with POCs and uh, various other communities that um, more often than not, you see a lot of these non-Tolkien races being coming mm. up in play or like half X. Because a lot of it is very sort of identifiable to people from these communities. Including myself, I've always been partial to, uh, I've been partial to sort of like half races, uh, because that's how I personally feel, um, as well as uh, now that especially with tabaxis, it's like, oh, I get to play cat folk. I want to play cat folk. <laughs> I, I think for sure that the limit prior to was just a limit and in, in the status quo yeah. and people not really thinking about it, just. I don't know. And now that we're at a point where it's like, oh yeah, you can play whatever you want. And I think maybe some of it too has been uh, monsters are meant to be tough. So as a DM, having someone that is a non-Tolkien race coming in, it's like, but but that's not fair because then you're outpacing other people or other things. Like there's there's other, I think, more mechanics that went into it at times too. Not all the time, but at times. Um, yeah. Shoot, I had another thing. I was Oh, uh, uh, there's a podcast out there called Brute Squad, I believe, and they are, at least when I was listening to them, I haven't listened to them in a very long time, the entire cast were non-Tolkien characters, and that was really enjoyable to listen to. They weren't playing quote-unquote baddies either, they were just hmm, non-Tolkien characters. So if that's your jam, I highly recommend. They were funny. I enjoyed them while I listened. Nice. So let's get into kind of what happens in the first couple of episodes of world's largest dungeon so we show up and you guys you guys are gonna have to help me with this because it uh <laughs> i've listened to it it's just been a minute it's okay i didn't do the smart thing and listen to it last night <laughs> i didn't listen either which i thought about at five o'clock this morning to be like hmm, maybe i should have listened to that more recently <laughs> oh well let's just jump in <laughs> we got you we'll carry <laughs> All right, so we go in, I believe we go down a long hallway, and then we enter the first room, mm -hmm. I believe. And I believe that um, BB's Oneling is the first one to kind of go through into the next space. Yes, I, I'm going to go ahead and jump in already. Don't mind. No, please go ahead. So, so you all got sent here because your friend Shadow went off on a mission by themselves. That's right. You, you're all part of a mercenary guild in Thavis, which again, goes, go listen to the ritual cast. We've said it before. <laughs> and it was a very fresh intro where I was like, yeah, your your bosses are like, here, take this fucking amulet. Say a magic word. You'll be there. Like, I didn't put much thought into it whatsoever besides, I just need you to be there. <laughs> and Miriam will be joining us for a while. So we'll, how are we going to work this out? 
So you guys got a magic amulet that's supposed to transport you there once and transport you back once. That's it. That's all you get. One shot. And then you find a dead giant outside of a mountainside with a bunch of bones. That's bad. Mm-hmm. And then you go down the, the hall and then, yes, one Ling puts his hand through the, the, the scary door first. So I just wanted and he to kind of the, bops the through to the other side, if I remember right. Mostly I'm getting to the concept of dwarves doing yogic breathing. <laughs> oh, uh, that was hilarious when I heard that. <laughs> The, the pug sound, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I thought you fell asleep during <laughs> yoga meditation. <laughs> no, I, I just think that dwarves are the pugs of the D&D world. They're, they're small and snorty and kind of grumpy and, you know. That's a fair... Fair... Yeah, I mean, well, we lost her. We lost Alex. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> All right, that's a take. <laughs> and now, now I just want like someone to do fan art of a pug with like fantastic mutton chops and a little helmet <laughs> and like plate armor. Perfect. <laughs> I love this idea. Speaking of plate armor, I have a story about plate armor. If you're oh, curious, no. <laughs> did you drown? No. <laughs> So, and when 5e had first come out and there was, like, a playtest and everything, uh, my spouse uh, was like, okay, cool, let's uh, offer to GM while we sort of go through 5e, because we had been playing 3.5 for several years prior to when 5e came. And um, so I decided to make a dwarven fighter, because I think those were one of the few classes that were out for the playtest. This was literally playtest. So there is, and this is before CR ever came out, like Critical Role. So I made a dwarven fighter uh, named Grog. Uh, And uh, for whatever reason, I think the biggest difference between 3.5 and 5e was that um, money and inventory and the cost of things were very, very different, especially the fact that you couldn't really get plate armor immediately, or you couldn't get it soon after you maybe went and did your first rat seller quest <laughs> thing. Um, so I was desperate to try to get plate armor, and I got so, my character got so frustrated, slash, I got so frustrated. That I said, okay, so we're in this castle, I'm going to grab all the plates in the castle, and I'm going to make armor out of it. I hate it. (laughs) Miriam, (laughs) you are my pun twin. (sighs) And it pleases me (laughs) to no end. (laughs) I see great puns in our future. Same. All three of you are terrible Excellent. about it. All three of you. <laughs> oh yeah, the lingering sigh. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> that was I so forgot good. about that. That was fantastic. Just nah. I, I'm glad that we'll be live streaming our games from here on out because everyone will now see life slowly leaving my eyes every time a pun's made. <laughs> the, the light's gonna die out slowly but surely. <laughs> Good stuff. So, so Wenling bravely went forth into the deep dark 
abyss. Because once you get in, you can't leave. You get stuck. You get stuck in the door. Mm-hmm. So the only way is to go forward. Yes. Um, so then I believe I, using stone cunning in a really stupid way, shot my hand through, felt around to see if I could find one Link's face, found a shield, and then I, did I pull my way through? I did I put, did it, Sai push I me in? walked in after that point yeah. once you knew it was safe. Okay. Um, let's see. What's next? Help me out, kids. Uh, then you, uh, Sai considered ditching you, as he would. And, but all three of you ended up in the next room, and that's where you found the three orcs who had just completely given up on life. Have mm. no interest in interacting with you, have no interest in moving forward, because they know something that you didn't know at the time of, there's no escape. They can't leave. That, that they're, this is it. This is the end of the road for them, so what's the point in fighting? They're not going to fight in the war they originally came in here for, with the, with the Rat King guy. And they're just, they're tapped out. They're done. You guys try to interact with them. Sai even tried to give them some food. But mostly they just say insult at you and Orcish and are just waiting for the sweet release of death. That's what I kind of struggle with in World's Largest Dungeon. Because you run into things and there's no, like, explanation for why there's no interaction. Or you're in this room. Now what? What's in the room? Some stuff. Very typical dungeon crawl. Like, not every well, room is going to have a big boss fight in it. Uh, but if if we were able yeah. to do more of the region, you would find out more of, like, why they had given up. Why people were running away. So, I I think it's in the third episode, talking about the orc that gets stabbed. So, I'll talk more about that next soul searching. But there is mm. stuff that I know. Next time. It's just that you all didn't quite get there, either because failed checks or interest in moving forward reasons right there's there's stories you are you there's a hundred plus rooms in region a and you guys made it to room eight like (laughs) we we didn't get very far wait that's further than (laughs) i thought (laughs) i thought it was like wait so like one room then two rooms and like in my head i thought we had done like room five that's what I thought we were at too, like five or so rooms. <laughs> but I guess we didn't count like the little there's yeah a the place. little rooms yeah yeah. And so I, some of it too, uh, it might not just be monsters, but they want to include as much mold and disease as possible in this game too. Yeah. So the, the room that has all the the, the mold in it I was like, oh yeah, here's this mold, and which is also disease works differently than three point five and fifth. The mechanics of it are a lot more fun in 3.5, in my opinion. So because this game was 3.5 and we convert it to 5th edition, it involved me reading rooms, looking at monster stats, and converting everything to 5th edition rules. Not that hard. I, like, don't, it's like, I say that like it's a big deal. It's fucking not. Um, it was me spending an afternoon with each room. Like, all right, here we go. But, um... I see. So the effects that you experience are actually more like 3.5 effects than 5th edition. 5th edition, it's usually just, uh generic disease here you go but in 3.5 it's like oh you have this very specific disease this is what gets hit this gets hit this gets hit prolonged damage okay that makes sense so after the orc doldrums it they reminded me of the doldrums in the phantom toll booth i don't know if you ever read that book um but then we go to open the door and because my character has no chill, no patience. She just <laughs> opens it. 
fireball to the chest. Super fun. Great time. I absolutely love ruining the innocence of new players. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, um, I, it sounds bad. I, I, I've taught D&D to a lot of different age groups. And seeing what everyone, seeing people approach things in a way, it's, it's like reading a book for the first time, right? Once you know, you never go back to making those choices again. I won't say they're mistakes. I'll just say those choices. You don't just blindly walk into doors anymore. Or if you're in a dungeon, you're like, okay, I'm going to check for traps every second I can. Once you know, because then you never know. You don't want to get hit again, right? I thought it was a very pure moment on your behalf. And <laughs> I led to a great cliffhanger for episode one. Just noobing my way into things. Boop, boop, boop. What could go wrong? Well, you were disarming traps just with your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> and then I like how Mike was all sassy about it later. Like, maybe I should do this in the future. <laughs> the rogue <laughs> going through. Size a hoot. It's a, it's a shame we don't have Mike here to talk about Sai, but I think that was a very interesting character as well. This high elf that owes a great debt. And I also think you don't see high elves as rogues very often. You see them a more prestigious? I'll say that, I guess. Or more arcane yeah. versus, like, I guess, sort of underworld or more pedestrian, mm. I guess. Yeah, kind of the, he's like the seedy underbelly high elf. I just, it was, it was a, a good choice. And I, I, I like putting in plot plot twists, right? This this concept, like you don't usually see this character in this position. Let's do it. Hell yeah, <laughs> could make for an interesting character. Mm-hmm. And then that's yeah. When I think that gets us to episode one. Mm-hmm. That finishes it for us. Very eventful episode. A whole room explored. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Technically two. I felt very accomplished. Intro two rooms. Nailed it. Well, and there's something to say, too. Well, I can, we can tease and make fun of each other for not making it very far. We're only playing an hour, hour and a half at a time. That's true. A lot of typical D&D tables, if we weren't recording, if we were just playing for funsies, can go four to six hours, right? Like, it's, it's, it's an evening worth of playing. I used to be able to do that. And now, since I've been doing a lot more regular, like... At the most three hours, usually two, or like now recently hour and a half. I'm like, I prefer these better because a it's more regular, so I remember. Because the other thing is when you do four or six hours, it's usually not weekly because that's just like that's not a thing that happens anymore. It's usually once every couple of weeks, which means we spend the first hour trying to figure out what the fuck we were doing. I I. I... Remember the days of playing four games in a week that were <coughs> four hours long each. By the time we hit that fourth game, well, things were rocky. <laughs> but uh, once once the fourth game dropped, we still did three games a week for probably six months. Like, That's so was, many. We were already hanging out with each other like that much, so it kind of made sense. Oh, okay. oh, well, this is what we're doing anyways. We might as well. We want to play the story. Let's do it. It was a Ravenloft game. It was a homebrew and it was a Malifaux game. Whoa. So like everyone kind of ran a different thing. So it wasn't even like the same story ever. It was different. You had to remember three different games every week that went for four hours. So my personal nightmare. Good. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. There's something about it that, uh, again, luckily we all got along really well. So that helped out a lot. And the stories were interesting and different enough. Like they weren't similar enough that you got the 
concepts confused, and we all played such different characters. So it it, it worked out for the time. I don't think it could have worked out forever. It clearly didn't. I mean, I moved, but I don't think it would have worked that way forever anyways. I really love marathoning games, like a lot. Extra Life is one of my, I've learned, is my favorite. Because that's me just gaming all day. That's great. I am here for that 100%. Um, but recording, there is something about maintaining your everyone's attention. My attention, your attention, and making sure that we don't fry out either. So, in theory, well, as far as we get in the game, would have been a marathon, what people imagine is a typical gaming session of, of a game, right? That would have been one day of gaming. But we make it last two and a half months of releases. You're welcome. So, yeah. <laughs> um, let's see, episode two picks up with the trap. Yes. And that, fuck, what room does that lead you to? Is that the first mold room? Uh, I think so. Because once again, no chill. I just run over to the thing. And I'm like, what's this? And I either pick it up or I stab it. And once again, I have to learn things the hard way. In gaming, as in life. I have to say, though, that there are players who like know better, aren't new players, that would still make those choices because that would be their character's choices. So don't feel like this is like, oh, this is like a noob thing. I wish I could have. I don't know if you feel that way. I'm, I'm just sort of like. That's a good point. <laughs> I, I tease. But there's no wrong way to play a character as long as you're not hurting yeah. anybody, right? Yeah, exactly. Um. It did make me laugh that I think at the end of the second episode, um, both BB and I were scrolling through the handbook, and not only did he realize that he could have healed me, I realized that I think I had resistance, so I would have been taking half the damage that I should have been. Yeah, the, the best part was as you guys enter enter another room with disease. He's like, "Oh yeah, no, I don't. That doesn't affect me." And we're all like, "What?" <laughs> Yeah, no, I can, like, heal people and shit. What? Like, how many of your people went so much damage before you're like, oh, yeah, this doesn't matter. Like, I, it was... Bless BB. Bless BB. It was a very, very bam-bam move. <laughs> uh, I miss that dope of a dude a whole bunch. Um, I actually got to talk to him via his fiance putting his phone up to, like, a speaker. I think it was yesterday or Thursday, and it was dope to chat with him for a little while. He says that hello to everyone and that he loves you all and misses everyone. So we haven't announced formally why BB's not around currently. Mm. Um, we haven't talked about it on Discord. We haven't. I mean, he he mentioned a little bit in the Discord, but we haven't discussed it as a network currently. Yeah. Uh, but he is currently in boot camp, joining Air Force, which is like one of his lifelong dreams. So when when he contacted us. When it started happening beginning of the year, he's like, I just need to let you know this is happening. I was like, okay, sounds good. We'll make sure that you can hang out with us in a world of sorts of dungeon. When his life settles back down, he is more than welcome to come back to Soul Story. But right now, he's all being a hero and stuff. A yeah. real life hero. Saving the world and shit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like, I only got to play with BB for Extra Life and then for episode three and four of World's Largest Dungeon. And I do, like, it's one of those, I, I didn't I didn't know him for that long, and I didn't get to play with him as much, but it's like, yeah, I miss that presence already. He is a genuine dude that brings a lot of energy to a table. 
I think maybe it was Mike or Brandy or both of you after the first episode commented, it's like, you just jumped in right away. You knew what your character was like. You brought that persona into it. BB's an actor. Like, that. that's his thing. Mm-hmm. So it, it it is a missed element. We just, we like our BB. We hope he comes back soon. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you can hear the the sad song of his people, that is my cat in the background <laughs> demanding that I open this window oh, right here. Okay. So he can sit at it and yell at Frankie, who is the neighborhood bully of the cats. <laughs> hey, Frankie! <laughs> That's exactly what happens. He sits in our window and is like, Frankie! Your mom smells! And that's just how my cat works. So, I'm sorry. Okay. I apologize for the shit show that my this, pets have made this. I I, I have this little lump this here. Little. I, I call him my stream cat. Loaf. <laughs> That's the stream cat there. Just hangs out. I, since reorganizing my room, I don't have quite the clear shot of Indy in the background anymore. Sometimes on, on stream, you might see the scary form in the back. But, but, um... <laughs> like corpse party where i literally jumped because you were doing something scary on the screen and then suddenly behind you and especially you ha- i don't know whether it was lighting or filter but you kind of had like that keyhole lighting where it's like just you in focus and everything's dark and suddenly this like black shape starts to <laughs> take shape behind alex and i jump super not relevant to soul searching but to speak on that part like maybe 20 minutes before that before that happened i was thinking i looked at myself i'm like boy i hope i don't see anything behind me at some point like i like had that thought and then you're like there's something behind you like fuck off no there isn't oh it's it's my dog (laughs) got it sounds good (laughs) um but no since he because he he cries on stream constantly like during never winter nights he's constantly crying so i'm now working on an emoji for a twitch channel of just indie crying like him sobbing it's going to be great. <laughs> Cry baby boy. Yeah, we talked about doing a blooper reel, Miriam, where it's just like my dog and Indy. You can see my dog in the background yeah. in her usual napping spot. Where it's just my dog and Indy and all you hear is crying and shaking collar noises and my dog coming and whacking her tail against my desk because she <laughs> likes to do that when we're recording. A super cut. Our, our <laughs> old bloopers, I always include at least one Indy clip. Every time I made sure that there was at least one in there of usually me talking shit about him. But um, like one of my favorite ones was, <laughs> hang on, I need to show my dog some love because he's crying. And then you hear me get up and say, go to your room and shut the door and come back. And they're like, <laughs> what'd you do? I'm like, I just locked him in a room. I'm like, that's love. <laughs> I am- Mom's busy right now. We'll play later. <laughs> All right, so episode two, we talked about mold and spores. We talked about BB withholding healing from people, whether accidentally on purpose. Um, what else happens in that episode? I think that's primarily it, where you're kind of exploring this maze of mold, <laughs> hitting stuff. You should light the room on fire. Oh, that's right. <laughs> we make things go boom it's which ever is a great idea to burn the room to destroy the mold the thing is i think the there's rules in the book for it that's like one of the two ways to destroy it but it takes 24 hours of it burning before it dissipates so oh. if, if you had gone back there within that same day it still would have been an issue but then you oh go ahead Crazy. also a dungeon with smoke <laughs> 
saying. Are you saying there's not good <laughs> air ventilation in dungeons? I don't understand. What are you talking about? That sounds <laughs> fake to me. They close the door. It's good. It's <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Oh, just keep it all in. Yeah. Even better. Yeah. <laughs> there was nothing in that room but mold. <laughs> Uh, but then, but then you guys circled back, and then there was the corpse room. Oh, right. That had like the pile of kobolds, troglodytes, lizard folk. I think those were the main three that people were just kind of throwing mass grave style in. And that's when we learned that BB's immune to disease and stuff, and so he went in and, and censored the area with his incense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And that was, I think, that was a pretty mellow episode for two. Like, not a lot happened. Yeah. Besides some character interactions, you all, I, what was it? Between episodes one and two, there's a lot of bets happening between Mira and Sai. Mira and uh, Sai like to do a lot of betting. In ter- oh, we did. This is one of my favorite Mira and Sai buddy cop moments. <laughs> where um, we decided to mount, I think, a candle on one Ling's shield. Like, we were just like, here. <laughs> Tiny one. You go first. Plop. And then we lit the candle. And then we made him blow it out. You like you said, like, oh, do you think we say his name? He'll turn around. Yes. Yeah, sure. Let's see what happens. Like, he whips around dramatically. The candle falls. Candle's gone. And then I think after that, we ha- he had his little short sword, so we hung a lantern on it. Yeah. Because he was the only oh, yeah, that couldn't see in the dark. <laughs> we were being helpful uh-huh and towards the end i think for the first time especially since i heard i i totally didn't hear this at four o'clock today um was oh yeah that's why we're go- that's why we're here we're supposed to look for our friend oh wouldn't it be great if or, or even check the bodies for our friend and it's like oh and then different ways in which had I actually been there and you accidentally blew me up or <laughs> various ways of dismemberment. And I'm just like, I'm so glad I heard this now versus before I joined. <laughs> I totally forgot that we were like, hmm, what if our buddy is at the bottom of this pile of corpses and we just left him there? <laughs> I, I think there was some of that. We know, A, it was going to be a short series, right? So there's that, yeah. that idea to just keep pushing forward. Marion wasn't on the call, so clearly they weren't going to be participating. So it, it's like those things that you forget when they're not like right there in your face. And yeah. it, you're having a goofy, fun time. This was a very no stress. Just see what happens. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and uh, It's just amusing as a sort of like afterwards, after it's all been recorded and... Uh, hearing it for the first time, especially since I wasn't part of the call, I was like, "Oh, that was gonna be fun." <laughs> Should have had Shadow like pop out with limbs in their hand. Ooga booga booga. <laughs> Although trying to find a black cat who is a gloom stalker in a bl- dark room when one of the characters can't see. <laughs> They're they're thinkers. <laughs> We're very smart. You're all so pretty, so pretty. I can't be both at the same time. <laughs> I'm actually not very pretty, huh? Ooh. I'm actually not very pretty. Pretty. I sorry because I, I you talking shit? <laughs> no, I I, I wasn't. T- <laughs> I was talking about my character's charisma score. If we were going by that thing, <laughs> not 
anything else. <laughs> All I've heard I was not, not pretty. I'm like, who, who are we talking shit about? I am here for it. <laughs> I love how you were like, what's the tea? And I'm like, I'm pretty today. I know. I washed my face. and then... If we know anything about Miriam, it's that they're very rude inconsiderate yeah. and would directly call us unpretty to our faces they are horribly impolite and not a kind human at all what can i say i'm just blonde <laughs> oh my goodness so i didn't sharpen through. my pencils i'm just just blunt. <laughs> you're all fired fuck off get out of here <laughs> i quit i quit the show be my trailer <sighs> okay so we got through the the two episodes i think that was our goal for this for this little fireside chat oh i still need to apologize i still haven't updated episode two with music oh <laughs> so so hey people who are like waiting for that to happen i see the numbers on the episode we're doing fine y'all are y'all are clearly enjoying it or at least listening to it once and i greatly appreciate that so uh, for those who are unaware that are listening to this, I lost all my music back in January. We've been kind of tossing stuff back and forth. It just requires me to do a lot more work, which is my fucking job as an editor, I understand. Uh, but to, to get the music and find the right music for the scene, when I used to have lots of music organized by mood. And then maybe or maybe not episode two, I procrastinated a little bit, maybe. And, and I didn't get to editing it till late Sunday. So I think it released late, but I also wanted everyone to at least have the episode music. While it definitely will help round out the show, ultimately I think is is like if I, if it has to go without, it'll go without. We've done this once before. I think it was actually during well, I was packing up to move to DC, but it will it'll get fixed. Mm. It'll, we'll have a note on there that says it's remastered, so that way you can listen to it with the mood music. But uh, since then, I've been trying to be better about <laughs> editing on time. I have to say, I always really appreciate your music and scoring choices oh, for Soul Story. Um, it's one of the things that I noticed right off the bat when I first started listening. Um, and I think it was one of the first things I told you when you were like, please give me feedback for this thing that I'm doing. Um, I've always noticed that your your scoring is excellent. It's always really well mixed. So... It's not like an overbearing music or overbearing vocals. It's just good and pleasant, and I enjoy it. It very much sets the scene for the few episodes that I have caught up on. Thanks. I appreciate it. I um, <laughs> I think I've talked about this a long time ago, but new fans, new cast, all this jazz. I'm really insecure about the music because I'm kind of music stupid. I still listen to Fallout Boy and the same stuff I listened to when I was in high school, and I didn't even have a good sense of music back then. So I, I stress a little bit about the soundtrack, which makes me happy to hear that it is presenting well, it's mixed well, and that it does help set the mood better. So thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad it shows. Yay! Are there any other questions now that we've kind of gotten through the, the bulk of the episode recaps? Are there questions from anywhere? Mm. From the Discord or the YouTube or... I haven't seen anyone pop up on a Discord. Rude. <laughs> right? Come on. Um, I only started promoting this last night. How dare they not have questions? <laughs> um, 
we we used to do a lot of Q and A or a lot of Q and A's. It was like after every story arc, we'd put out something like, "Hey, Q and A, do you want anything?" So I might just make more of a formal one once World of Legends Dungeon is done as a whole, um, and maybe we'll, we'll see some more that way. I would switch over to to YouTube to look at it, but then they would see all the YouTube stuff, and I have to kind of keep on. Uh, mm. I've been monitoring it, and there hasn't been any new questions. Rude. How um. I guess Brandy. Question for Brandy. Yes. Since this was your first D and D experience, how do you feel coming yes, out? Yes, Brandy is my real Sorry, name. You're fuck. welcome, everyone. <laughs> Falcon. Uh, Falcon. This is like your first real time coming out of D and D. After these first few episodes, how did you feel? Uh, I felt good. Um, I really enjoy D and D now that I know how the mechanics work. And for a long time, I resisted tabletop gaming because it was too much math for me. I am math challenged, to put it lightly. Um, There's a reason why I went to theater school and why I avoided anything with numbers. Um, But now that I'm in it and now that I'm playing on a regular basis, I think it's super fun and I have a really good time role playing. Um, I really enjoy the mythology aspect of it. I've always been kind of a lore and myth kind of nerd. Um, can we talk about dice and how they are a problem for me? Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> I have been following so many dice makers on Twitter and I looked at a set of dice today that was 120 pounds because they're from England. And I was just like, I thought the so weight pretty. of it. I thought you were saying that it weighed 120 so pounds. Expensive. I'm like, what? No, 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 no. They cost oh, no, 120 no, no, pounds. And That's I, including shipping or after? No, oh, before sure. shipping. Before. What was it made from baby oh. tears? Like, I don't know, but they're so pretty. I have a very crude phrase that my spouse taught me that I'm not going to say here. Fair. I'll just type it in chat. I don't know if chat can... <laughs> I don't know if chat's visible or not. Uh, it would be on, on my end. Maybe Discord. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Discord. But, um, so yeah, I have I have all kinds of saved photos of different dice I would like to buy because there's so many pretty ones. And I thought for maybe two seconds, maybe I should make my own. No, nope, we're not doing that. We're not going down that road. No, ma'am. We don't need another crafty hobby that requires shitloads of supplies. No, no thanks. I don't know how I have made it with one set of dice this long. I have one set. I haven't bought more yet. (sighs) Once you start playing more D&D games, that'll be the the catalyst, I think. Because, you know, when you're not playing it that often, you don't really... You can't justify it, right? My my big dice oh, thing was... Oh, yes, I can. <laughs> my big dice thing was everybody got a new character, I got a new set of dice for them. So, like, it would enhance the mood. I, I have a theme. Um, but I got that way with Malifaux, and that's, like, the thing I miss most about Malifaux is there's no dice. There's cards. And even so, the cards that we use are going to be uh, digital, right? But when I had my own Fate deck, it was definitely like, okay, well... Weird has limited runs of fate decks, so that means I'm using playing cards. But this playing card deck looks really cool. Goading Barnes and Nobles, like when they had the bicycle, all those pretty ones. I'm like, oh, that, that one looks really cool. Mm-hmm. But this one looks really cool. So it, it it doesn't just add a dice. I have the same thing with tarot decks. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> we could- My favorite is the Gothic Dower deck, uh, which is by Joseph Argo. Um, and that's my favorite to like go to um, when I use it for um, deck of many things um, and a couple of other things where uh, I could use tarot cards. It's been a while since I've actually used it for its intended purpose. <laughs> Let's talk tarot cards real quick. Uh, okay, we're gonna have to like do a brand new stream for that because that's gonna be like four hours. Um, I do want to. It's a real brief one because it's related to D and D. I'm ready. I'm ready. Go for it. Ravenloft came out with a Terrica deck. <gasps> I have and, that. Yeah, right. And so it's, it goes with the Ravenloft campaign, and it's part of the creation and everything. It's really cool, and, and uh, it sets the story right. Well, because of me, I I use it like for realsies. It is the most pissy emo deck that I fucking own. And it is <laughs> no surprise whatsoever because holy shit. It just like every time I use it, bad news, death. It's like a Trelawney deck. It's gonna die. Cat's gonna die. Everyone's gonna leave you. I'm like, boy, boy, I'm just gonna put you in your bag over here and you don't get to play with us anymore. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there... can the deck actually be used outside of gate, outside of like Ravenloft? Like, because. As far as I know, it's very particular to it. I, I hmm. ended up going through and comparing it to a real tarot deck because it's the same amount of the cards and just reassigned basically positions or traits to it. I had it's not where nearby. I'm not sure why I'm looking, but like I had it all listed out as like what this would mean because they there there's maybe or something else that I saw that was like oh yeah here's what this means in theory. I'm like okay, so what is, would that translate to tarot? It was a work of labor and it's disappointing. <laughs> There is a David Bowie tarot deck that I want so badly. I don't know if anyone is unfamiliar with this, but I love David Bowie more than I love most things on this planet. Um, so if you're looking to send people Bowie gifts. It's very specific. <laughs> okay, well... We talked about some tarot stuff. We talked about the episode. We talked some D&D stuff. We talked about how my cat's an asshole. Um, what else we got? Mariam, do you have any questions? Yeah. Do you have any other questions, Mariam? Uh... You'll be more chatty next time, I'm sure, <laughs> would we? <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, wait. I I... Maybe I read the number wrong, but I thought it was episode one to three. I, I might have also promoted as one through three, and then... Uh, I forgot. <laughs> That's on me. Okay, this is all. Okay. Listen, we're really professional here. <laughs> we Super plan these things really far in advance. Too far sometimes. <laughs> um, it honestly probably got mixed as I was promoting it and typed the number, and I was like, "Oh, past Alex knew what she was talking about." She doesn't. Wait, I mean. <laughs> I'm not sure if Brandy has notes, but we could still summarize episode three real quick. I don't know. Will will you be able to attend next time? Yep. Uh, We don't don't want to force you into it. Oh, no, no, no. I I, I think I've already signed up for everything already till the end of the year. Which means I'm also going to be around for Extra Life, so. Yay! By the way, we're planning that already, too. Yay! (laughs) Buckle up. 
I've got to decide <laughs> if there's a thing that I'm going to do if people donate money. Oh, so so that will be definitely be something we, we talk about in the future, for sure. Uh, the, the network goals as a whole, it helps out when everyone pitches in, no doubt. Um, I don't want to spoil too much right now, though. There's there's so many, so many things decided on. On some ends. I finally mailed the thing that I had promised to do. (laughs) Like, a couple of weeks ago, but it's gonna take a while to get there, because everything's slowed down. Oh, that's something I could do, I suppose. I could rhinestone something for somebody, or make some some boob hats. I mean, like, we could do the shave my head thing, but... But, uh, yeah, you already you already did that. Maybe it's that you'll grow out your hair instead. Oh god, if I have to grow my hair out to, like, shoulder length. <laughs> That's like a three-year progress, no. That would be so upsetting. You can get a Chelsea cut. Uh, those are dope. Right. No dope. Well, I think I think we did good. We talked for, like, an hour, yo. Yeah, I think this is a good length of time. Good length. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we came so close Easy. we came so close we not making a joke <laughs> listen well did we i didn't do an ep it's not an episode with me in it unless there's at least one dick joke so there you go <laughs> the things we offer the world my god all right well let's let's close this out all right um, so if you want to find everybody on Twitter, you should follow us on the Twitters. Um, I'm on Hello Falcon. Um, what's yours? Roll for Alex. Miriam, what's your Twitter? Uh, media underscore junkie. And then of course you always want to follow No Show Radio on the Twitter, which is, I believe, NSR pa- NSR Radio? NSR? NSR Podcast. NSR Podcast. NSR Radio. Jesus. No show radio. It's radio. like calling it an ATM machine. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, of course, if you want to join our Discord, if you want to become a cool kid, there is always fun stuff happening there. Uh, we just added a selfie channel, which is pretty hopping. There's a pet channel that has all of the cute fluffs and floofs and toe beans and cute puppies that you could ever want or need. There is a food channel that is equal parts tantalizing and horrifying. Um, mostly horrifying mostly horrifying (laughs) mostly uh anyway lots of cool stuff to be had at our discord go ahead and join us there if you feel like it you definitely should we have a patreon there's all kinds of things if you want to know more follow our twitter all of the stuff in the links is on there uh so thanks for joining me this this morning slash afternoon guys yeah thanks for hosting yeah yeah thanks it's like you mc every now and again Mm. maybe (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> my costume's not quite as shiny it's much more comfortable that's your choice <laughs> I mean, whatever <laughs> alright well thanks for joining us everyone I hope you have an excellent weekend this has been Soul Searching and we are signing off say goodbye everybody goodbye goodbye goodbye, goodbye. goodbye.